first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Everybody, welcome to Same Team, an LGBTQ sports podcast. I am your host, Daniel Trainer. How are you? Thank you very much for listening. Appreciate your time. I I feel like I'm on a high right now because of this week's guest. Just wrapped the conversation with him, and it was fantastic. On the show is Joe Johnson. Joe uh, is on Team USA. Uh, maybe you've heard of it. Uh, an ice dancer for Team USA. He's amazing. His story is fantastic, uh, but you'll you'll see he just has this magnetic personality that is so easy to fall in love with very quickly. Had a fantastic conversation with Joe. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed it. Joe's story is great, and it, it, it has sort of evolved over time. He talks a lot about growing up, how figure skating sort of wasn't really a passion for him uh, until a little bit later in life uh, and, and the journey that that has taken him on. He's really noteworthy for many reasons, but maybe most so uh, because of the fact that as an ice dancer, his partner, Karina Manta, uh, is bisexual. Karina came out recently as well, and Joe and Karina make for the first ever team to feature two openly LGBTQ skaters. It's amazing, and, and Joe talks a lot about the visibility that the two of them have been able to bring to the sport and to culture in general and why he thinks that that is so important and why visibility just in general matters. Joe has a lot of interesting, important things to say. I, I really enjoyed this conversation with him so much. You know, I, I've been fortunate enough to talk figure skating a little bit on this podcast. It's such a crazy world, and, and Joe has somehow managed to be in it, but but really come out on the other end as as a fully formed, uh, energetic, very funny, very charismatic, very sarcastic guy. And, and I really love this conversation, and I think you will as well. So without any further ado, please uh, enjoy my one-on-one conversation with Team USA's very own baby, Joe Johnson. All right, Joe. Well, I am. Uh, I'm really excited that we're doing this. I'm. I'm happy and excited to talk to you. I've. I've many questions for you, and I can already tell that you and I are going to get along swimmingly. At least I hope. Are you? Do you have the same vibe with me? Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm really excited. Okay, thank God. All right, so um, I want to know sort of how we got here and and how Joe has become Joe, and I'm, I'm fascinated by the figure skating world. I've talked a little bit about figure skating and with figure skaters on here, but I feel like your path is sort of unique, so I sort of want to go uh, back to the beginning. Tell me about how you got started and, and where you grew up. <laughs> okay, well, that's that's like... Kind of the like one of like those stories that's very very encapsulating of the person that I still am. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, so, listen, from I, uh, you were Joe from day one. 
Oh yeah, you know, from the tender age of zero, I was I was Joe. I don't um, doubt I don't doubt that for a second. I think you just sort of came out Joe, and just, it's been yeah. just full steam ahead. I've again, I am you know, as mentioned uh, in our in our previous communications, I'm immortal. So I just kind of I never really started existing. It just like you're I just was. here. <laughs> yeah, no. So I've just always been around. No. So I um I was born in Rockford, Illinois, which oh. is actually, it's funny. I know, like of all places, but like I was actually born like in the same city as a lot of the Gillis family, like Piper and Todd and all the other. I say, but we like never knew each other. It was funny. We all just interesting. Kind of, but, uh, yeah, I know. We just avoided each other, but all became ice dancers and moved to Colorado Springs. Um, I, no, so- I where 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 exactly is Rockford? I have a, a vague idea because I lived in Illinois for a long time growing up. Uh, pretty sure it's northwest of Chicago. I actually, I was You're one. Pretty like, sure. I was one. <laughs> well, so you moved. Was, you moved I, away. You I moved. Probably Google that, so I like know where I was born. <laughs> well, at least you sort of. Wait, so you moved away when you were one? Where'd you go? Uh, Fort Collins. Oh, okay. So, and then you yeah, so just two hours north of where I currently live. So yeah, okay. I've been in Colorado for most of my life. Okay, what was it like living in Rockford, Illinois, for the first year of your life? Do you have memories? Yeah. Uh, you know, it was uh, dark. <laughs> I only know like two two words. It was it was it was a hard time, but we got through it. <laughs> it's a hard time. Cold winters. <laughs> I cried a lot. Oh God. Uh, yeah, that's. I think most people in Rockford <laughs> cry a I lot. <laughs> I mean, again, um, no, that was that was a joke. Again, I have always existed. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, no, so I grew up in Fort Collins, and. Um, I didn't really start skating actually until I was eight because I had just watched the, um, 2002 Olympics, but like I was, uh, just like watching TV and I actually didn't even see the skate. I just saw these two people finishing their skate and they were getting like showered in toys. And I was like, (laughs) Oh my God. Like (laughs) that's the dream for an eight year old. I I was like, what is this? Like I've, (laughs) I've been doing like, soccer games that I get like a Capri Sun pouch like they're getting so many <laughs> teddy bears what sport is this and my, my mom's like well that's figure skating I was like that's the one I'm, I was like, I've sucked in enough sports that involve a ball that I'm I'm ready to give that up so you you're not just an all-encompassing athlete <laughs> no <laughs> you really had you really had to search for your niche <laughs> I mean, I sucked at skating too. I just liked it the most. <laughs> well, um, it's, it's starting at eight. Correct me if I'm wrong, but for sort of a professional skater, is that a little late? So uh, it, it varies. Like, I think um, there are some skaters. I think like uh, Chris Kinnearum, I believe, and I could be talking like I could be totally. And I will fact check up. with him. Yeah, no, we could totally fact check this, but I'm pretty sure Chris Kinnear might have started when he was 11. I know Christopher Dean, I think, also started after he was 10. That's Googleable. We'll find out if I'm lying. But like, mm-hmm. um, so, but like, you know, there are some kids who are like born and like as soon as they're like, you know, put in a towel, they like lace up skates. Like that's right. so it, like it varies, but yeah, a little bit late for a competitive skater. But I didn't really compete compete until I was about fifteen. Like wow. I, I didn't really ever make it out of. I never even really tried to make it out of regionals that I know. <laughs> I just did a bunch of ice shows growing up and skated maybe like two hours or three hours a week. And that was kind of my life. Wow. Yeah. So for, from the ages of eight to 15, you're, you're what, you're not taking that seriously. It's just kind of a hobby. Yeah, basically I was, I just really enjoyed it and I was never particularly good at it. I was very competitive, but I just really, really liked, honestly, it was funny. Like I think at my, at my home rink, there were a couple skaters, pair skaters, mostly, 
who did pretty well and were sectional national athletes, but I just really wanted to do ice shows and distract people from their lessons. And that was well, like my, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't, you it. didn't get into it for, to be a figure skater. You got into it for the teddy bears. So it, as long as you're collecting those, you know, yeah. everything else is yeah. just money in the bank. Oh, actively. Yeah. <laughs> so what's it like? What's, what was it like growing up in Fort Collins? Uh, awesome. I mean, um, I, I had a wonderful childhood there. It was it was very very like laid back college town. Um, it's where CSU is. Yeah. And so, like, I grew up around a lot of young people, like in their in their late teens, early twenties. I've always kind of wondered what it would be like to grow up in a college town, like going to like going to elementary school in the same city where there's like a big college. That that always sort of struck me as being a little weird, but it was cool. Oh, it was fantastic. No, I was like, you're, you're pretty much surrounded by like, again, like just early teen people and everybody is incredibly active. I mean, Fort Collins is just a super active city. So you have like just dozens of people on bikes as you're driving, like, like golf courses. Uh, there's like a reservoir up over the dam. Like it's a great, great city. I really, really love it there. Sounds lovely. Do you work for the tourism board or? (laughs) <laughs> I basically I, I, I we have golf we have hill it's like okay <laughs> we have golf we have grass we have it's leaves it but no everything. like no it does no but I, I actually really do love that city I just uh, yeah, we get it <laughs> I gotta say like no yeah I had a very idyllic childhood what, like, what kind of what kind of kid were you like you're immortal which we've established um yeah well, but, I was uh, never a child but I yeah mean, you we'll, were never a child but for the sake of this podcast let's pretend you <laughs> were what was well, what was what kind of kid were you growing up uh <laughs> so my it was interesting like my again like sucked at every single sport <laughs> um like literally i think in my like three years of playing soccer i scored like maybe two goals i had to use like the t when i was batting like i was really sure. bad at everything sure. so i wasn't an athletic child um but like i was always like playing pretend in elementary school <laughs> like what? i was like i can't like else is not a sports team i'm just like running around the base of a tree like so that was me sure uh, yeah, no, it was funny because it was not for lack of trying. My parents were both athletes. My dad was a pro athlete. He was a motocross racer. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, and he tried to raise me and my brother to be that too. And like, we were pretty good at it. We were all right. But like my brother, my brother just hates all sport and is like incredibly creative. He's now like a director of photography in LA and he does a lot of work on feature films and he's incredibly oh. creative very very good at his job but hates sports so we were both kind of not super <laughs> into sports <laughs> but uh yeah no i i just spent a lot of my time just like playing video games and hanging out with other children who didn't really care about sports. i get the, i get the sense that a lot of other parents whenever they would see you were just sort of like well that's just joe being joe Yes. Yeah. They, <laughs> they just, everybody pretty much left me alone. Like to this day, I've just never been in a fight. Like I just, <laughs> I was always just kind of keeping to myself, doing my own thing. I only had like two or three friends. I was very, it was like very outgoing with the people I knew, but like yeah. cripplingly shy. Yeah. No, For, I totally get I was, that. Like, 19. Yeah. Well, that's sort of the dream. Well, maybe not until 19, but like growing up, if you just, you know, that's sort of all you need, right? It's just like a handful of friends. People leave you alone. You can do what you want to do. And, you know, you're thriving. Oh, I was. No, I I really, really, again, like, and it's hilarious because me and my my friends who I grew up with, I have like three really close ones where we all still know each other and we're all still in the area. So we all hang out still from time to time, like 
we haven't really gone that far. Like they all went to school in other places, came back. Yeah. And I, I didn't go to school because of. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you were. That's fine. You were off doing some pretty cool and important things. I think. I. I think you're fine. Yes and like no because I used to be like yeah you know I'm on Team USA that's like that's my job and then I look at Nathan Chen I'm like oh well you know <laughs> that's fine like <laughs> so basically so basically the thing that I've been like telling people that's the reason I didn't go to school is now that <laughs> I'm a full time student at Yale I'm like well <laughs> I know up. I was watching him uh, whatever my I should know better about my figure skating knowledge but I guess it was just like the U S championships was that like a couple months ago is that right Yeah so I believe I don't know how many times he's won U S champs I think three or four I think three. I would, yeah, me. I was watch. Yeah, I was watching him uh, just dominate, and then talk about going to Yale and talk about going like his life. I was like, this is insane. Like, this isn't a person. This is like no. some sort of like athletic robot who is doing this somehow, but also seems so charming and like down to earth. It's like, how, what is going on here? Well, no, Nathan, like me, is immortal, so that's why. Well, hey, oh, it's so nice that you two were able to find each other. Do you have like a, <laughs> do you have like a code or something? No, you're actually okay. What's hilarious is we actually have the same birthday. Okay, <laughs> this is I'm, weird. I'm absolutely the less talented child born on that day. Um, <laughs> that's it's fine. It's, when you watch when you watch Nathan Chen skate, are you? Just as amazed as everybody else. Yeah, no, that 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 um, <laughs> we're we're all blown away by him too. Like it was hilarious when we were watching the men's free from down underneath. Like I was standing next to Ben Agosto, and he's like probably still to this day one of the best male skaters alive. Mm -hmm. And he's just like standing there, just shaking his head, like he's like the best competitor of all time. Like he's just awestruck by Nathan. It's we wild. all are. It, like we we are all blown away by this guy. He's he's and also like you said, he is a fantastic person. He's well, I'm, just, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad to hear that. I know I, I was going to ask you if I'm just putting assumptions on him, but yeah, I mean, no, he seems like such a wonderful guy. No, incredibly incredibly nice guy. Like that, I've, I've never actually met somebody who had a bad experience with Nathan. So that's wonderful. He is, he's a fantastic kid. Good. Okay, I'm jumping ahead. I want to know. So you aren't you're you're skating, but you're not taking it seriously. You have like two friends. You're running around trees. <laughs> Uh, Absolutely. That is me. You get to be about 15. Does something change when, when you get to like the age of 15? Does it sort of become like, OK, I, I'm actually pretty good at this. If I take this seriously, it could turn into something. What? Oh, what flips? Oh, not at all. I did not think it would go anywhere. <laughs> I mm. um. so the thing was and this is like <laughs> I, I um was at high school and like a lot of the kids that I had grown up with all went to different ones. So. I was pretty much like by myself. I didn't really know anybody at this particular school that I was going to. I didn't have much going on. And like, like I was a, a good student, but that was pretty much it. And so I had just watched, I believe it was the 2010 Olympics. And I had already also just gotten back from my first junior nationals, which I had just done like the old, like in ice dance, because there aren't that many teams, it's not super hard to qualify from sectionals generally because there's just, they take like, they used to. I'm not sure if the qualifying system is changing this year, but they used to take uh, four teams from every section, and we just essentially signed up and went because we were we just kind of filled in that gap, and we got very near last, if not last, and then <laughs> and it was like juvenile, and I was 
15. But at, the, at this point, though, I mean, despite you maybe being humble about how uh, bad you were, uh, no. like you're, you're still you're going to like junior national. I mean, that uh, that has to be something. I mean, you have to be very yeah, no, good, and like, right? Oh my god, no, not at all to like like put down anybody else who goes to junior nationals. That's a huge accomplishment. I'm just saying, like. We we went essentially because we we also I had just had a gallbladder out so I like didn't wasn't moving very well because I literally okay. just had three really four sectionals but like yeah I know like no no the kids going to junior nationals they're like at any level if you're uh, competing on a national level you're a, a wonderful athlete and you're above average absolutely I just like never I I wasn't trying very hard then <laughs> I, I like because I just didn't think I could be good at it. It wasn't. That's not to say that people who do that aren't good. I just wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, so why? I mean, were were you just not? Were you not passionate about it? I mean, what was what was sort of holding you back from like really going after it? Oh, self confidence, one hundred percent. I just didn't believe in myself at all. I just didn't think that I could be good at it. So I didn't really put uh, an honest effort into it. That whole like. If you don't try, you can't fail. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. So, I mean, that, I, fi- I find that interesting, you know. So, like, when does when does that flip? I mean, I, I assume it has at this point, right? I mean, yeah, you, yeah, absolutely. You no, seem I'm, like a very confident <laughs> performer. Yeah, no, I um, that I mean, the the time where uh, I actually kind of started to not necessarily have more confidence in myself, but when I started to um, really want to get better was. I moved and I got some really good instruction. My my uh, old singles coach Gordon in Fort Collins really encouraged me. He's like, you know, you if you want to be good at this, you have to go somewhere else. Like we don't have dance here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, you know what? Like I don't really have friends in school. I'm like I could probably do this anywhere. I don't have much else going on. I've never been good at anything. So like, <laughs> I'm just, really, I'm just. <laughs> I like, might as well try this. pretty much like it was kind of like it just like you throw up your hands like like okay like we'll try this but um i got a partner here uh in the springs and we trained from uh i think i moved here full-time in june of 2010 okay and and, um sectionals that year i believe we won and that was about the time that i was like oh like (laughs) i'm like if I'm competing against people who are taking this seriously and and doing all right against them, right. I'm just kind of treating this like, a, well, we might as well. Like, I know it's like, I should really respect what I'm doing. I should respect the people around me and myself enough to like try at this. Well, so. and imagine, imagine how good you could be if, if you actually, you know, if you actually did put, put forth that effort, if you're winning when you're just sort of like, eh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's to say like, I like we I still had like have forever. We'll always have a long way to go, but like I, I mean just like in terms I, I was I was like running on like a bag of hot Cheetos a day. Like again, I didn't really have that many friends, so like my go-to was like I would like go home like after training and like I was like a block away from a King Super, so I would just get like a tub of Toll House and like watch anime in the dark and that was like my life. <laughs> and it was great. But <laughs> I can't tell if that's the darkest thing I've ever heard or just the most beautiful. It was <laughs> and no, the answer, uh, Joe, it might be both. Yeah, no, it's it's very, you know, it's super depressing, but also I loved it. And so and 
You know, it's kind of like low key, like still how I'm trying to be. Um, of course. Listen, if I can just sit in the dark, I'm not an anime guy, not to offend you, of course. Oh, but um, if I, if I can just sit in the dark, like I, my anime would be like if I can just sit and watch like Real Housewives for like just absolutely. all day in the dark, food, nobody around me, sweatpants on. That's like a dream. Day. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. That, and I'm that, doing that, that without having like exercise. Like you, you get away, you got away with it, and still get away with it, I presume, because you're like an insane athlete. I, on the other hand, uh, am not. I I will <laughs> no. say I've been to uh I've been to the gym, thank you, both days hey, this week. Recording this on a Tuesday, I've been to the gym the past two days and uh I am happy to report can barely walk. Um hey. We're proud. So, so yeah, I'm really making moves here, but uh, but like, uh, so yeah, I'm saying you you can get away with it and have those days because you're like you know treating your body well and can eat. Well, I wasn't really at that point until like <laughs> I was I was still trying to balance both of those things. The thing is like like if you're like working super hard, like there are some people who can just put away junk food and they can just metabolize it. Yeah, and those just, people should be shot. Um, I completely agree, and you're right. No, are you not I, one of those people? Not at all. No. Oh come on! What do you? What is <laughs> your? What is, that I was like, <laughs> what is your of, diet consist of? Are you like uh, a super healthy eater? I, I kind of have to be, and this is like uh like so I mentioned like I had the um the gallbladder out, and it's like that kind of helps you process some of the heavier foods like grease and like start like sodium things that are like that the liver sometimes can't handle on, not, not the liver, the stomach can't handle on its own. Sure. And so it just like, yeah. So like essentially, yeah, I do have to eat pretty healthy or I'm in like pain. <laughs> so oh. that's like kind of the reason behind my diet, but no, I eat very standard, like athletes diet. I mean, I did literally just finish a pint of Ben and Jerry's that Tara Kane left here. <laughs> what flavor? Uh, half baked. Oh, okay. Cool. 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 So good. I'm looking at it right now. I literally finished it right before I, Started. It was so good. Oh, um, wow. I'm so you. You could have eaten it while we were recording. People like that stuff. That like mouth sound yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, we could have done like ASMR podcast. We like, should, Joe. We should do like an ASMR <laughs> podcast where we just like eat ice cream and like talk about I don't know. We'd uh, have to being weirdos. <laughs> we just have to be like. We have to be like this. Yeah. Exactly. It's like whisper into the mic. I love. <laughs> I like love ASMR stuff. I actually do. I like, Koreans do. And I don't get it because it really bothers me listening to people chew in real oh, life. The chew, like, no, the chewing, I can't do. I hate the chewing. But there's like different there's so genres. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not my favorite thing. But like I'll do it if that's what the people want. Um, th- well, I'm just saying I think we'd be successful at it. You know, like I think there's a market for it. <laughs> you know what? We can totally talk about that. Okay, I, great. I we'll do that off air. Um, that'll be <laughs> that's our Sorry, next. I do keep sidetracking us beautifully. Um, no, I, that's great. No, oh, I'm uh, listen. It, it, I'm the king of sidetracking. Is anybody who listens to this podcast knows it just goes off the rails, especially when I have a guest who is sort of like me and will just start talking and never stop. It's just like it's great. But I'm enjoying myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but a, a dumb question that I have is that so you know. It, I assume most skaters don't start out as as a pair skater, right? I mean, everybody sort of starts out on their own. So when you decide to sort of switch it up and get a partner, what's that decision-making process like? Well, so just to to your the the point, like you're right that most people don't start in dance or pairs, uh, and they just kind of funnel into it from singles. But um, 
There are camps, I believe, um, like the Wheaton Academy, where um, the Parsons siblings come from and Quinn and Lorraine. They start uh, pretty young. Like, the, the, the kids go into that camp fairly young, and then they like kind of grow up with their partner. That's why um, Quinn and Lorraine, I think this is their, like, 13th season, 14th season wow. together. Yeah, because they, they've essentially raised them to be ice dancers. hope they like so, each other. <laughs> they do. I mean, they're <laughs> really rolling the dice here. A lot of the, I mean, like, you know, it's like couples fight, but like everybody that I've ever met from that camp gets along super well and they're very sweet people. And they just, it's funny because like they've never had to do any of the singles things. So it's like they, like a lot of them just right. like don't back spins or scratch spins, but can do like the craziest elements because that's all they've ever done. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. But no, so how we decide to get into it is like, um, Generally, okay, so for it's a little different between uh, between being a girl and a boy because there are just so few boys that like like our processes are wildly different. But like for me, I just move here and then I talk to a head coach who like specializes in dance and then she puts out feelers to the coaches that she knows and has relationships with. And then they um, kind of talk and they're like, all right, okay, so he's like five seven. We need someone who's about yay tall or skates like him or whatever. And then they organize tryouts. And so you have a tryout phase. It's like a, it's like a casting call. Essentially. Yeah. Yep. They, you just send out like this mass email. You put a profile on this website called ice partner search. Okay. And uh, going there after this podcast. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's essentially a dating website. I was going to, I was going to (laughs) say, no, literally you put your stats, you put your like height, eye color, hopes, dreams, all of that stuff. Oh my God. This is great. Yeah, so that's how that works. Is like you you just kind of talk to people remotely through a coach, or I mean, if there's a person in town, that's me. I apologize. What is? Um, what you're so popular. Who's texting you? Nobody. It's Google notifications. Oh. <laughs> I'm not popular. I promise. Um, oh, oh my god. There's another one. You know, so you I, would what, you would be so. It's the fun. same one. If I'm trying to dismiss it. I'm so sorry. Whatever. It's fine. You have that on. You were getting nervous about how much you're talking about being an introvert, not having any friends. You probably made that go off by yourself. So we think. Yeah, I'm trying to make trying. I'm trying to the illusion to- that I have friends now. <laughs> and it's working. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, OK, yeah. So you're on. Uh, what is it? Ice partner search. Yes. Ice partner search. OK. Yeah. So like you have to like list your long-term goals, short-term goals, tests you've passed, level you want to compete, where you live, if you're willing to relocate. There's like so much that goes into that decision. Okay. Um, and for me, because um, like I wasn't quite ready to leave Colorado um, just because like my whole family was here. I was like in my like mid-teens. I didn't really want to go anywhere. And the, uh, I had like Patty and Christopher Dean is here too. And so I was like, I might as well just move two hours south and look for a partner. And so she put Patty put me, my coach, put me with one of her girls, though. So I didn't have to, like, have a partner move here to start. Yeah. I just um, had a girl who trained in the Springs and we skated together. So how how did that sort of meeting or that, that pairing sort of evolve? Was it did you guys get along? Was it love at first sight? What, what, what happened? <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> no. oh, I I'm love listening, you're not with her now. No, my gosh, no, we got along just, I mean, we get along really well now, but I was like, again, like, I, I, when I tell you I didn't like really come out of my shell until I was like 
19. <laughs> I mean it. Like, I didn't say anything. I was just super awkward all the time. She had to drive me everywhere because I didn't have a license. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no. So essentially, she was like my mom for that year. And it was like pretty much that dynamic because she was also like way better than me. And then <laughs> it was like, I, I felt really bad like the entire time. And then, yeah. So, I mean, the reason we stopped actually was because she was just like, I want to go have my senior year where she grew up in Denver and go to school and just like, kind of have like a normal college experience. Yeah. So that's, that's why she left. And then I stayed in the Springs and looked for another partner. So, I mean, so you're in your late teens, you're, how often are you skating? I mean, I assume you're skating every day, but like how many hours a day, like walk me through a typical day in your life during, during this time. Uh, that time I was skating, uh, six days a week, about three and a half hours a day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Monday through like, and then we did uh strength and conditioning three times a week. And then what are you doing with the rest of your day? Uh, anime in the dark. <laughs> no, no, I was like, basically that, like, like we just recover for the rest of the day. If you're not, you're doing homework, you're doing things that don't require energy when you're not doing dance or workout. Wait, because what homework are you, what school are you going to? Oh, like you, are you mean like right now? No, 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 no. Like, no, no, no. Like, oh, that, back like, then. Oh, my God. I was just like, I didn't go to school, Daniel. Well, I know. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I mean, they didn't want to drag you through the mud again, no, but. I know, but I just had to remind everyone listening. I do not have a <laughs> That's what I'm case. saying. I'm so confused about Sexiest how you. thing about it. I have to make sure everybody knows. <laughs> um, I, was, I was confused about how you filled your day. <laughs> no, I was in high school at the time. Okay. So, yeah. so, I mean, like, I was only 16 when I was skating with Paulina. That was my first partner. So, so you're going, um, are you skating before school, after before school? Before and after. Both? Yeah. Usually. That's, man, that's, in, that's so intense. I mean, are you able to focus on school at all? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, as much as any other athlete going, like, we kind of had to do the barest minimum of credits when I was in high school. Like, you just have to do exactly what you need to do to get by, like, right. and to graduate because skating is generally the priority. I mean, for some people, they just filled in the time they weren't physically in school with online credits, especially like those definitely planning on going to school. But I mean, that's pretty much what I did was like, when I wasn't at school, I was taking online classes or doing homework. Yeah. And then the rest of the time I was training dance classes, gym. It's pretty intense for, you know, a 16, 17 year old kid. You would not believe what some of these kids are capable of when at that age. They're, they're like, I can't even it's imagine. <laughs> it's such, it's what a, I mean, it's just such a crazy world. I, 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 I'm on the periphery of it. Obviously I don't even know, but like just the fig, the whole figure skating community is, is fascinating to me. Yeah, no, it's, it, it definitely, uh, <laughs> kids grow up fast. It's like, yeah. it's a lot of pressure and a lot of, um, I mean, it, it, the, Truly, what I what I say, you grow up fast. Like these kids, like have to be accountable to themselves in their own schedule. I mean, obviously, their parents are driving them everywhere, but like their her, their parents aren't out them on out there on the ice with them. They just kind of have to be yeah sustaining themselves and dealing with a lot of success, a lot of failure at a really young age. So Ugh. it's I mean, it's brutal to think about. Really, it is fascinating. It is an interesting thing to watch. So, um. Off the ice, you know, you, you say you aren't really coming out of your skin until, you know, sort of 19. When are you uh, when are you coming out of the closet? What's your sexuality sort of journey like? I mean, when you're 16, 17, is, is this something that uh, you're thinking about? Had you come out to anybody yet? Oh, no, no, I didn't come out to any. I was I was still lying to myself at that age. Yeah. I was, uh, you know, it was interesting. I think I really kind of figured it out. Um, 
I would say after my senior year of high school. And I was just like, I was surrounded by like, I don't know, I've said this and like, I said this to some other, um, in some other interview where okay, I was talking about, on me? like, absolutely. Um, <laughs> it's okay because, you know, <laughs> this is an open interview <laughs> relationship. Thing. And I decided it was on my own. That's fine. That's consulted about that, um, but. <laughs> no, that like literally happened to me once, but that's definitely a story <gasps> for another time. Okay, marking that. Down. <laughs> no, okay. So, open um, relationship. Okay, go the, on. <laughs> no, no, like literally, what I just said to you happened to me. I probably that. Oh God. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no. Even no. Anyways. No, we're, I'm getting more detail. I'm getting more details about that later. Um, oh, no, no. What have I done? It's okay. This is um, great. Anyways. <laughs> My bad. Um, I was uh, kind of having trouble with like coming to terms with sexuality or even considering like, like, okay, so go back to like when I was 11, I kind of figured it out and I told my dad. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So my, and my dad was like, like, and I was like, you know, oh no, I think I might be like, I think I might be. And my dad was just like, it's like, okay, if you are. <laughs> and I'm like, no, but I don't think I am. And he's like, all right. <laughs> but like, it's okay if you are. I'm like, I'm not. He's like, okay. <laughs> How, what, do you mean you, what do you mean you kind of figured it out? I had like, you know, I was like on the basketball team. I had like a very quintessential awakening that way. So, sure. <laughs> yeah. So like I, I, like, I was just like, I was like, oh no, like oh, boys, boys are cute. Oh no. So you, tell your, so you tell your dad that you're probably gay at 11, but you really hope not. And he's like, this kid's a freak. <laughs> yeah, my dad's like, he's not for sure. But he's just like, I'll just let him figure it out. <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever. He'll be fine. So yeah, no, my, when when does the coming out process actually start happening? Uh, Well, like, probably I would say seven or eight months after I graduated from high school. Um. Okay. It was like my first nationals. It's like right before then is what I started telling like my closest friends. I came out to my mom that Valentine's Day right after. Oh, so romantic. Well, <laughs> let me explain. So she, like, uh, my, my parents are are split, and it was like the first Valentine's Day that they weren't together, and like oh, I had. Well, yeah, no, but I'd forgotten to get my mom a present, which would have been like <laughs> a fabulous time to get your mom a present, and so I was like. Oh, oh no! My God! Oh, she was like, she, you know, it was like she was kind of having a hard time. She was like, and I, and I was just like, oh no, she's crying. Uh, and you uh, thought this would make it better? Well, okay, but listen, she had. Have you ever seen the Family Stone? Of course, I've seen the Family Stone. Yeah. Okay, I was like, yeah, you're gay. Of course, you have. Um, <laughs> it is like, funny. It's funny how the Family Stone sort of somehow I don't really know how has become sort of like a a classic. It's so good. It I love that. Movie. It's great. But I mean, it, it plays really into Diane Keaton's character in that movie. Oh, okay, and great. Diane Keaton was just like, "Oh, I wish all of my kids were gay." And so for years, my mom was just like, "Are you gay?" Oh, she was like, she was would ready. love a gay son. But I was <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, mom, I know. Like you literally like started doing this after <laughs> you saw Diane Keaton. <laughs> in that movie like i know what this is about but she was like crying and obviously my, my dumbass reflex was just like uh i'm what if i told you that you win and she's like what do you mean i win and i was like you have a gay son and she like looks at me like when i tell you like the tears stopped instantly like she like looked at me and she's like really oh my god and i was like yeah and she like ran out of the room 
and I was like, what's going on? Like, is she mad? <laughs> and then she comes back in, and she has Googled the Brokeback Mountain movie poster. No. <laughs> and she was, like, pointing, and she's just like, Jake or Heath? No. <laughs> First question. And what was the answer? Let's say it on three. One, two, three, Jake. You didn't uh, do it. I did. I oh, said Jake. I we just said such I... synchronicity that <laughs> yeah, well. I said Jake with okay, you. Thank God. I know. Uh, what's your mom's name? Lori. We love Lori on this we podcast. Love Lori. Yeah, <laughs> Lori's great. We should, we we adore her. Shout um, out Lori. Yeah, we know we we stand. Um, my dad was cool about it too. He was well. He had known for a decade at this point. Well, that that yeah, but no, but then I told him I wasn't. He's like, all right, <laughs> whatever. Like, <laughs> like came out to him again. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, that's a beautiful story. Yeah, no, and he was just like, um, he's like, oh really? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm proud of you. And he just like pats me on the back, and like that was it. Wow. Man. <laughs> yeah, my dad, my parents handled it really well. That's great. Good for you. It was, I know, and I didn't realize how misrepresentative that experience was. I'm very lucky with my parents. Yeah, no, that's great. So w- when you do come out, is there do you do you sense a, a change in your skating? Do you feel freer? Yes. It, it, has a burden sort of been lifted from your performance? Absolutely. I, I think um, I, it's just it's really hard to move when you're so worried. It's just like just like when you're listening to music when you're talking to your friends when you're talking to a girl and trying to <laughs> convince her to like you, you don't want to say or have mannerisms or yeah. do anything that's coming naturally to you that might get you perceived as, uh, as gay because you're like, Oh no, what if they think I'm that? And then it like kind of confirms my own like worst fears about yeah. myself. And I guarantee you that I wasn't thinking this because society didn't teach me that that was a bad, like a bad way to be. So I think we've come a long way as a society in terms of, like letting kids know that like there are going to be people who love them. But at the time I was just freaking out. Cause I was just like, Oh my God, I'm going to be conforming to the stereotype. I'm already starting because like everybody was always like, like there was a girl who always used to tease me about like, she'd always like up to me. be like, why? So like, why don't you do a voice sport? Like, what's that about? Ew, like what? I had, Oh, all the time. Yeah, no, that, that was definitely a thing. But, um, I, yeah, so I, I was always trying to prove these people wrong. And in the process, I was like stifling my own identity. Yeah. And, th- and that was like, it was a huge impediment to coming out because I was just like, I, I don't want to confirm what these people think about me. I want to, I want to be what like, you know, I see on all these movies and all these billboards when I, when I see two people walking down the street, holding hands, like I want that so that I'm accepted. Like, I don't want to. <laughs> not be that because like what's the alternative (laughs) like i didn't i didn't see anything good coming out of those things i heard about you know the matthew shepherd killing when i was pretty young because that was i wasn't that in laramie uh Um, yeah yes i think so right yeah that was that's like just north of fort collins so like right it was like a pretty famous thing in my town like we knew about that and i was like like that's what happens to that can that's what can happen if you talk to the wrong guy like right like like oh good thing i'm not gay but like and so it was just really odd like coming to terms with that and like it took me even after i came out i was incredibly depressed because i still didn't i like accepted the identity but i didn't really quite see it as a beautiful thing yet because i didn't see it represented in positive ways yeah enough and i live in the springs and there's not an enormous gay community here there is absolutely if you're looking for it for sure but it's 
a heavily conservative town. So, yeah, I think that's the interesting thing about coming out in high school or, or, or coming out earlier, even not even coming out, you're sort of reckoning with your sexuality at a young age. I think what you, you just said is so true. It's like it, it can be such an impediment because of the fact that it just isn't represented and you, you don't know what that community is like. You know, you feel like you're sort of staring at this group of people who you think that you are like and sort of want to be like, but you don't really know any of them and, and, and you aren't surrounded by it. So to sort of like say that you are a part of it almost feels like a misnomer because you just feel like such an outsider. Right. I mean, it's like, it's absolutely, impo- it's impossible. And there are a lot of negative stereotypes perpetuated by people who talk about it, who aren't talking to people in that community too. Right. I mean, like right. there are such awful things that are said about gay folks by, by like non-queer people. Like that's just, that, that happens and you hear all these horrible negative things and you're just like, and it was funny. I would just remember even in like the few months after coming out, I was trying to convince my friends that I wasn't like other gay people. Like I was like, you know, I'm still, I'm still like a guy's guy. I'm like, like all like, like, that is so nebulous. It's so stupid to worry about because it's just like, if people are going to like you, they're going to like you. And it's so hard to keep that up. Yeah. (laughs) Like, well, but like, it's that thing. Well, it's a thing, too, of like, you know, when you especially when it's in high school and, and in college, too. I mean, I, I'm sure you ran into this. You didn't go to college, of course. But um, I like like when you like getting into it, you, there are these uh, I don't want to stereotype and say that it's girls, but I think it's mostly girls who like so badly want you to be something when they find out that you're gay. Right. I mean, I remember like freshman year of college, <laughs> it was almost like there's like, there's a celebrity here. Like he, did you know, like he's gay. And it was like, and like, they were just like, like whispering, right? Like, Oh, do you like, do you think he'll like, like be our friend? Like, do you think, and like, and then I think, you know, this sort of like guys guy that you're talking about, like is sort of me to an extent. Um, and like, I think I almost felt bad about that. And so, and I don't right. anymore, but like, challenge. Yeah, I mean, it was... It's it, like, oh, am I just, like, conforming to people who oppress me? Like, am I just like this because... Right, yeah, like, and it, it's... Yeah. You like this? Yeah. So yeah, that, and there is... I, I, I've sensed it, and still sometimes, I think, do sense a disappointment from people who realize that I'm, I, I'm not going to maybe be, like, a s- sort of stereotypical gay best friend, which is is silly because that stereotype is just... Is, is so terrible anyway. It's, it's, you know, reducing people to just like nothing. It's air. It's just, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing. And just that concept in general is, is unfortunate, but it, it is this interesting thing of, of, you know, when you are sort of in your late teens, early twenties, figuring out that you are different than having to figure out where you fit sort of in that different community can also be like the next step, right? I mean, it's the next challenge of figuring out, uh, where you sort of fit in in your new life? Absolutely, I, I exactly like it's it's hard because you it, like like you say like you have this like reckoning with your identity and like it, like it's definitely it just and once you've acknowledged the biggest thing you're like all right I'm not straight uh <laughs> <laughs> like uh oh yeah right. <laughs> All right. There's like a lot else that goes into that. You like, and uh, you know, what's, what's great is like, there are some people who just don't even bother labeling it. And I just, I respect the crap out of those people because like, I think that they have like, 
they they've like studied their own identity so much and they've really considered and analyzed and they figure out that there's really just no label that really suits them and so they don't really seek one and they just yeah. they just go through life just doing and being whatever they feel is natural and that's like that's like the the end all for me. I was like I would just love to be that comfortable with myself. Like for me, like I always always try like going into crisis about like what what about me is learned and like how many like <laughs> my personality traits am I just stealing? Like of course, what, yeah. Like and so I, and I've just like landed on and the thing that's kind of been sustaining me for the longest time is if it feels comfortable yeah. and I'm not hurting anyone, then. I'll just go with that. Yeah, I think that's beautiful, Joe. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's it's a, the one thing to, like, tethering me to sanity. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we gotta hold on tight, don't we? Um, so, so, so you come out and and your skating sort of changes. So, when are you? When do you and Karina find each other? So, um, I had just been with my, my partner, Tori, the, the, the girl I skated with for two years before Karina, it was the end of my first international season with Tori. And, um, we kind of got to a point where we realized, cause I think Tori was, I, I stopped growing. Pretty fast. <laughs> I, 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 I'm like five, seven. I've been five, seven for many years, but like <laughs> Tori, I believe now is taller than me. And I think when I started skating with her, she was a little bit shorter than me. Then she was as tall as me, and I was like, I don't know that, like, like we just kind of called a meeting, and we just kind of agreed, like, I don't think we can go that much further with each other, because we're the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is, this probably can't go anywhere. And so we split up, um, and Karina and her previous partner, Jonathan, had just split up, and she was training in the Springs with a different coach, but, and we'd seen each other, but never spoken. Um, and she had moved briefly back to where she was raised in Scottsdale, and then my coach reached out to her coach and was like, hey, uh, I just have a boy who is n- newly on the partner search. Can uh, And I heard that Karina and her partner split and she's like, she's like the perfect height for him. Like, can you send her out? And then so she came out and we didn't like talk to each other for like 40 minutes. It was so funny. We just like skated and laps around each other. And my coach was like, you guys do like have to skate together. <laughs> And, like, Karina was, like, oh, my God. So, like, you saw her with her chopped off hair and her bold lip and her white, like. I know. Listeners. Like, when she first got here, she was so cute. And she was, like, <laughs> wearing, like, her little ballet wrap skirts. And she had, like, this jacket with her name in Old English embroidered on it oh, and a low on. Like, and just the cute old dimples. Like, she still has those. But, like, <laughs> I'm just, like, painting a picture here. Like, she yeah, was no, the... I know. I've seen, I know. I've seen photos of her back then. And it, it is so funny to see to see the transition. And I mean, and, you know, we'll get to sort of where you guys are now. But it, it must be funny for you to look back on that and sort of see how things have evolved. So you're, you're, skating, you're skating around each other. You're not talking. Are you thinking like, oh God, like this isn't going to work. This girl doesn't like me. I don't think we're going to mesh. We're not going to vibe. <laughs> I just think we were both a little shy. Sure. I mean, I was, I, like, she was definitely very shy, but like, um, we, we got a lot, like as soon as we started talking and we realized that we liked a ton of the same things, we like, we like, we're kind of having like similar senses of humor. We're like, oh, and like the skating felt natural. Like we were doing some lifts and they were working and we're like, oh, this is fun. And like, we were just like, yeah. She went back, and then she, we messaged each other on Valentine's Day again. Wow, if we, it's really a big day for you. Absolutely, for a couple of reasons. That was the day I came out to my mom. It was the day that I agreed to start skating with Karina. 
So it was like Valentine's Day is like a day where I celebrate those things. And I always like Karina and I always get together and do something for it because love that. <laughs> we, we like it's our anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was the day our partnership started in uh, 2014. Yeah. So then, so how, how do, how quickly do things move from there? I mean, once you guys decide to become partners, are you just, are you in each other's lives every day on such a, like an extreme intense level? Yes. Uh, Once you're partners with someone, you spend more time with them than anyone, more than spouses, more than anybody. Like we, we, I think we tallied it and we're, we're together on average, like in the height of the season, about like 31, 32 hours a week. Man. And it's like just with that one person, like by yourselves. Like it's not like right, right. It's like you're surrounded by other coworkers. It's not like like you're you're literally just only with that person. <laughs> and so it's like yeah, but when I like she's my and I'm not just like saying this. Like she she is my best friend. Like yeah, we've been best friends for a very long time. We just we we know everything about each other. That whole thing where it's just like we get along and it works because we get along and it is ideal and i'm very very thankful for her i'm lucky to have her so i would imagine that your friendship sort of helped her along right to to sort of to find sort of her identity and to sort of help her find herself at at what point do you guys start talking about sexuality and and who you guys are when does that sort of come into play not until much later and and i was and i was like i honestly did not see it coming whatsoever um, which is hilarious. Cause like, you know, it's just like, Oh, I know everything about her. I obviously don't. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but she, um, you know, and it's different when you're, when you, when you don't identify with monosexuality, like the, the nice thing about being gay is that like, it's a, first of all, it's a lot more easy, easy to get taken seriously. I think as a gay man than yeah. it even, even to be a, a lesbian woman. Like, yeah, no, just I totally agree. Like, you know, les- like sometimes lesbianism in like uh, a larger concept- context societally, a lot of the time is seen as like transient because they're like, oh, why wouldn't they be attracted to men? And like, it's hilarious because the second you come out as gay, they're like, oh, they would never lie about being attracted to men, which is <laughs> incredibly patriarchal and shitty. And yeah, like, that's sure. just like a weird thing. But like we face like, and so Karina and I were talking about this for a long time before even she came out. We were talking about like, different challenges for different queer folks. And so when she came out as bi, you know, it was like, there are even certain like, <laughs> like subgroups of, of queer people who don't take bi people seriously. They're like, yes. Oh, it's a phase. It's like, it's one or the other. Like it makes it sound like it's a choice. And because for, for bi people, they can be attracted to either, you know, like, or multiple genders. They can be attracted to multiple genders. And, yeah. and for, for gay folks, it's like we're attracted to one and like we like the rhetoric surrounding like, oh, it's not a choice. It's not a choice. And it's like, oh, but for some queer people, it is <laughs> like it's like and they got to be able to be taken seriously, too. And that was a challenge for her. And so it was like and just coming to terms with all that, it was really nice to have each other, mm-hmm. uh, especially after she came out. I would say up to it. I came out before Karina. And so by the time she got there, I was already gay. Like I never really had to explain my identity to her. And she just accepted me very readily because she's extremely open-minded and that, so it was just, it did help. Um, it's helped both of us along, I think in terms of our, our identities, but honestly, she's, she just has such a thorough understanding of where she's at. And in that it's always in 
something that she's going to be thinking about and something that she's going to be reevaluating because identity is such a complicated and multifaceted thing. So yeah. yeah, both of us being queer people has kind of enriched our friendship, I think. Well, both of you being queer, though, help me understand the figure skating world at large a little bit. I, I've talked to uh, Eric Radford was on this podcast. I've talked to him a little bit about this. But, you know, because you are participating in a sport that is judged, um, what what sort of fear, if any, is present when you realize that stepping out on the ice, both of you are queer and that you are in front of uh, a group of people who may not be. What what sort of issues have you run into there? And, and help me understand figure skating at large, because I, I really don't have a grasp on sort of in general where the community as in terms of how progressive they are, uh, judges, coaches, all that sort of thing. I mean, what what sort of stuff have you run into, if at all? And, and is that a fear for you guys still? You know, I think um, Karina put it really well. It's interesting because when when we're talking to judges, like there are some gay judges, there are some gay officials. And so it's not like there. it's even like a foreign concept to these people. They're all interacting. They all get along with with queer people. And I think a lot of the fear just comes from are they going to if, if, if somebody is going to look at you, you just don't want to do anything to jeopardize what you're doing. And mm-hmm. if you, you can be worried that like okay, if I'm about to portray uh, Tango, is it going to be less believable <laughs> because they know that... Uh, the, is it going right. to seem like right. play act? Is it suddenly... Are, are they thinking about my identity while I'm out there? And that was kind of the the thing about the, like, the double-edged sword of like, like when, when she came out, she was like worried, okay, I'll, like, all right, now I'm the first like queer woman in the, the sphere of competition. She didn't She didn't articulate this, but I think it's like, She's like I like I would assume a fear, and I don't definitely don't want to put words in her mouth because she is so much. She is so good at putting her feelings about this into well, words. We're gonna, but like, we're gonna have to have Karina on the on the podcast. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So like you know, it's just for her. She gets out in front of a panel of judges. She just doesn't want them thinking about anything else. So she's like for her when we were about to go to Skate America, and she I think she came out just before that, but she was just like my girlfriend is coming to this. <laughs> like <laughs> I my family is also coming to this. Yeah. Like, how am I going to spend this week worried about hiding this girl from my family and coming up with all these things about why we know each other? And she's just like, I just want to be able to enjoy this experience as who I am with my girlfriend and tell my family and tell the world. So I don't have to explain my sexuality. Like it was interesting because people are just like, Oh, why does it have to be talked about? Why is it important? Why is it important? And she's just like, who I like who I am is important and like if if I'm being considered something I'm not that sucks like yeah I, I'm not gonna just go out there and be something I'm not to make people comfortable like I'm just gonna say exactly what I am and if, if you've seen that video that made everybody including me cry uh <laughs> yeah she she explains it very well and she and she said she did that so she would not have to explain herself well, I think that's the way to do it, right? I mean, to get out yeah. front of the narrative and just be able to tell your story without anybody else sort of corrupting it. Right. And what was interesting is like we were under – she was under a lot of scrutiny from people. And I mean I saw the most ignorant comments on, on, on some of these like articles covering her and it, about just like, oh, why does she have to talk about it? Why does it matter? Why aren't they just being um, judged on their merit as athletes? And she's just like and, – and for me – and she didn't say this. I said this because – it really bothers me. Um, 
you know, like the the Kinerums and the, I I I, enjoy, I love both of the Kinerums, but when their their marriage was being played up when the Olympics were coming around, and nobody said a word. Right. Nobody's like, what does this matter? Why why are we talking about this? Like, why can't we just focus on the skating? We're like, oh, look at that. That's a couple. That's like that. That is a a man who loves a woman, and he is a man, and she is a woman, <laughs> and it's just like. Y- y'all can't pretend like oh we got a y'all yeah <laughs> you did get a y'all but like truly like are we gonna pretend like these people don't care that you're gay if they're going onto news outlets anonymously and saying why do people care you care it bothers you but it's, it's like, the only people who would say stuff like that are just boring straight people who don't get it you know like yes, to, to to say like uh you know i i don't need to know about that it's like well you know what it's not really for you you know, yeah, no, it's for so I can exist and like and exist without hiding myself to make people comfortable because that's a shitty way to live. It's that, it's that, <laughs> but it's also the fact that like, and that you can speak to this better than me, obviously. But the feedback that you guys get is so incredible, and to be so visible is so powerful. You know, I think I think people can lose sight of that when when the argument is made, like, oh, you know, why does it need to be about their sexuality? Why can't it be based on merit? And it's like, what it. it First of all, it still is based on merit. It's just it's it's about yeah, being it's no, just about being honest, place. We're not being disproportionately rewarded for our identities. It's not like right. we're it's we're not getting propped up. It's not, and I I, I think I mean if anything, it's probably it's quite the opposite for people judging. Yeah, I mean like, and of course you worry that it's going to count against you, but I don't think that's really for me not aimed at anyone in particular. I, I don't I've never had an experience where it made me uncomfortable to be myself. Like we have these things called a uh, critiques where we we go on ice with the judges right next to the boards and uh, they, they kind of tell you what they think of your programs, of your elements, if you're like good with the rules, all that stuff. And I've always been fully myself and I've never felt uncomfortable being so. It's just when you're in a sport that's I mean you you see a lot of of heterosexual romance in the top three mm-hmm. and you want if i'm not portraying this if i'm not convincingly portraying this is it holding me back as an athlete will, will it count against me and you know it, it's again it's nothing personal against and a lot of them the, uh, there, there are queer officials like they exist in that sphere you just wonder if is my existing the way i am in this sphere going to count against me stylistically is it gonna right like bring negative attention onto us like and yeah, so that's that's where that challenge I think comes in. But like you said, it's like visibility is important, and it's it's been interesting. Like I've I've had a lot of like nasty things said about how we we're just like doing it for the attention, and like like we we're not good enough skaters on our own to to, <laughs> to get noticed in other ways. Like that's you're just nice. like oh oh yeah, you know I mean like well, and it's just people people online saying mean things because they don't have to be accountable for them, and I don't take that to heart. But it's like, it's just, that's just what comes with it when you come out because people aren't comfortable with it yet. People aren't used to it yet. And so people are going to say nasty things. If you said you had a girlfriend, nobody would say a word. Like if you say, if if it's Karina saying she has a girlfriend, suddenly everyone. No, it's so, it's so interesting the way that people sort of interpret different things, right? Like, like saying that you're gay can be interpreted as, as such a statement of just like, vindication and, and it's political and it's charged and it's it's like you know if somebody comes out and says oh this is my girlfriend it's like okay cool um you know <laughs> yeah. what's next? Like, it's like yeah. okay <laughs> it's the same thing 
Yeah, that's what's interesting. Is like I, I I saw some quote. God, I wish I had it with me. It was talking about how, like, if you're holding hands with a girl, if you're a man holding hands with a woman, it's it's you aren't announcing your sexuality. Right, <laughs> it's right, just right, like right. You're, you're just walking around and you're holding hands with a girl, and nobody, your eyes just slide over you. If you're like a guy and you're holding hands with a guy, yeah. Like, you're announcing your sexual identity to the people around you. Well, and it's not to say that there isn't such power in that. And it's not to, it's not to, it's not to diminish uh, that that is still not, not like a dangerous thing some places. It's like, you know, it's, it's, I'm very lucky here in LA where I, I see that all the time. And sometimes I have to take myself out of it and realize that like, oh, like I'm very privileged to live in a city and in, in a, in a place where, you know, for the most part, obviously bad things still happen, but if for the most part, it's, I, I don't, I don't look twice. If I see, you know, two women holding hands on the street, if I see two guys, you know, affectionate, whatever, it's like, it, it it's to the point now where I see it so often that it doesn't phase me. But then you realize, you know, you have to take a step back and realize, you know, for, for little kids growing up the Midwest, like I did, uh, it's huge to see anything like that on on TV or represented anywhere. So it's not to diminish the fact that, like, saying yes, this is my boyfriend, yes, this is my girlfriend, is is not an incredibly powerful thing to do. But like the way that it's interpreted can be so fascinating. Absolutely, no, I think it's a wonderful thing, and I and I I love seeing it anywhere I go. I I just I really appreciate people just like being comfortable with who they are and with who they're with. But like, it was really like, I have two stories from the Springs that I think kind of encapsulate my experience here as a queer person. Um, I was with, uh, it was my first boyfriend and we were just like at a bagel shop or something. And he was like resting his head on mine while I was just like looking at the menu. And I just kind of felt like somebody was looking at me. So I look down and like, I see a dad with his two sons and he's just kind of looking at us. And I'm like, uh, uh, uh. and I kind of like push my boyfriend off. I'm like, all right, we're not, I'm not doing this. Like this, this feels weird. I don't. So, and and it wasn't even threatening. I just felt eyes on me and I was just like, uh Oh, like and that could also be just like me as a person. Like, but like, so I go and we get our food, we sit down and the dad comes up to our table. Oh no. Yeah, no, that's what I thought. And I was like, Oh God, Oh God, Oh God. And he just said, I just want to thank you guys for, for, being public about who you are and doing. Yeah, no, he's like, I think it's good for my sons to see that. Oh my God. And yeah, I know. And I about, I, I, first of all, I about cried, but then I like almost had a heart attack. Cause I was just like, wow, that was so unnecessary for something as innocuous as what we did. Like I shouldn't have felt that projected fear, but just uh, a month ago I had gone out with some friends and we were just like standing outside afterwards and we were waiting for an Uber. And one of my straight friends who I was with, like he's, he's, he was very cold out. And he, I was just I, I was just like here, and I just like opened my jacket. And he just like goes in, and he like hugs me, and he like warms his hands. And yeah. I'm just like, it was pretty again, totally innocuous. He's just warming his hands, right? In my pocket by giving me a hug. And this girl, w- woman walking by with her boyfriend, said, "That's pretty effing gay." Obviously, she didn't say effing. <gasps> She's like, hey, "That's like pretty effing gay doing that." And another one of my, I had a gay friend who was with us, and he, <laughs> I mean, he went off. Obviously, he's of like, "Of course, no." We are <laughs> right. Like, like yelling after him, like welcome to twenty after nineteen. He's just like screaming after him. And it's like, but it is twenty nineteen, and that's still right. happening. The guy warming his hands on me is not gay. I know, isn't it wild? Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's it's so funny because people are like, why does representation matter? Like, why do you like why is like holding hands such a big deal? Like, why are you so freaked freaked out about it? I was like, because some people, it makes people uncomfortable enough that they'll go out of their way to tell you that they don't approve of you. Yeah, and that doesn't happen if you're straight. Nobody's ever like nobody's ever walked down that the the street and just been like, do you have to do that in front of my kids? Like, no, it doesn't happen. And and I think until that stops happening on a very broad scale, it, you have to keep doing that. You have to keep exposing just really just be, exist in public so that people can see you so that they get used to it because they're not yet. Yeah, no, absolutely. I know I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a standing ovation in my apartment right now. <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> I'm just like I was like I was not the one who yelled after the people. I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no, and my friend Tim just like ah, goes after them. And I was like, hey, it's it's giving Tim the standing ovation. Well, I'm I'm also giving Tim. It's good to have friends like Tim, though. You have to have friends like Tim. You do have to have friends like. I Tim. I feel like Tim. I'm. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm the friend like Tim in situations like that. I've oh, only God. been in. Yeah, I've been in I've been in two like fights in my like the real like fights fights in my life yeah. and they were both because somebody called me a faggot and mm-hmm. I it, I just I just like was set off and I just like I became tan I well but maybe not Tim seems more verbal I decided to take it physical <laughs> No well I mean but you know that, what are you going to do in context where it's meant to hurt it just cuts so deep I don't blame you <laughs> It's like there, there are just there are it, there's so much ignorance surrounding that word, and like why it's used and why it's such a big deal. Yeah. And like I think I think I think honestly where where I'm at is like if uh, like the queer commun- community is a, in a place where it's like reclaiming that term, and I think that's a positive thing. It's just like you you kind of obviously have to understand it, and I think a lot of the people who use it as an insult who will come up to you and like try and start a like a fight by saying hey faggot don't know like the damage that that word carries. Yeah. And so the fact that it's like still being used against us in that way is just incredible. It's staggering when we're in this year of our Lord 2019 <laughs> and that's still happening. I'm like, what Lord do immortal people, uh, pray to? Oh, that's a secret. Okay. <laughs> you can tell me, off, you can tell me off the pod. <laughs> it's actually Yahweh. The Jews are right. <laughs> I knew it all along. <laughs> I knew it. There was like, yeah, there was that thing where it's like, like everybody's in hell. And they're just like, wait, who was right? And it's like, it was, it was the Mormons. <laughs> the Mormons were right. I think it was like a South Park guy that kills me. But like, yeah. So that's, that's kind of what living in the Springs was like, is like for me. Yeah. I, I just keep my head down because I like, I, I, I try and, you know, just exist as non-controversially as possible. If I have a boyfriend, I will hold hands with him. I have had like the, the guy I was most recently dating, I would hold his hand and he would express fear to me. He's like, is this okay here? Is this, and I was like, Ugh, I know, I know, I know that feeling it's, you hate. I know. And it's, it's, I, you hate to even have to think about it and you, you try to tell yourself not to, but it's, it's so inevitable. Just, oh, just, yeah. it's just like the second nature that I, I, well, I, you know, I was going to say is, is ingrained in us, but is is also just like just a fact that it's something that you have to be concerned about. Uh, it is. And it's like and obviously representation is important that it's like it can't be stressed enough that you should only do something like that if you if you can do so safely. Like we want to yes. 
you have to balance like like the inevitable making people uncomfortable with angering people who will hurt you and it's just like like be yourself if you can do so safely like yeah if, if you're comfortable doing it if you're not in any direct harm if it's not going to like ruin your life like you have to like live in a way that is comfortable and safe for you but like for the people who can be rep- like who people who can serve as representation that's I think an overwhelmingly positive thing. Well, it must make you feel so powerful, right? I mean, to be at this place where you are now, I mean, I, I, I talk to people on this show a lot. It's, it's so fun to even like look back an hour ago to when we were talking about this kid that you were growing up, you know, who was very quiet and shy and was running around trees for whatever reason. And now <laughs> <laughs> I was pretending to be a squirrel. Okay. Um, yeah. We'll unpack uh, that later. Yeah. Uh, and so, but now to be where you are now on, on, on a, on a national international even stage to be, um, to be completely honest about your sexuality and who you are and, and to be so visible. I mean, it's, it's really powerful to just see that journey. Um, it, you know, the feedback that you get must be so incredible. And it's, it's that thing of, like you said earlier, when you, when you do come out and when you are your honest self living your best life, the freedom that you feel in whatever you're doing, I mean, for you, it's figure skating for somebody else. It might just be, yeah, you know, I don't know, acting, it might be, it might be art, it might be whatever it is. I mean, to have that burden lifted and to be able to sort of go about your passion freely is incredible. And I think that's what this podcast is trying to promote so much is just like people finding themselves in whatever way that they're able to, everybody's journey is different, but like the beauty of, of, of that burden being lifted is, is always so fun and exciting to hear about because it's different for everybody, but it all comes back to the same thing. it's just, it's about living as, as honestly and as truthfully as you can. And you see what people are able to do once they do that. I mean, your career took off and, and, and look at you now. I mean, it's, it's, I, I can't even imagine who you would be if that had never happened. If you hadn't had the freedom, you know, a supportive family, these friends to, uh, to come out to and to support you. I mean, it's, it's scary to think about cause that's, that's the reality for so many people, of course, is that, you know, they don't have that community, that backbone of support, um, so hopefully, you know, people who hear your story, uh, can realize that it's, it's possible for them too. I hope so. I, I don't, you know, we're not the highest profile skaters. I don't, I think more than anything, it's for me, it's just, it just, like, if I can just tell queer kids, anybody who is listening that like, there are people who love them. It's like, it was so hard for me and like, and like that you can be anything you want and that there's, there's not a certain way that you have to be to be accepted by us. It's like, I so wish I'd had that. And it's, it felt so empowering to, and it just made everything easier. Everything became easy. Once that, that was over, I could, I could have an honest conversation about my, my, about like with myself about who I was. Mm -hmm. I feel really, hindered by how I would be perceived because the thing that I was most afraid of being, I had just confirmed <laughs> to people. And, and for the most part, people will accept you. I think the people who matter will accept you, but yeah. I mean, there's, there's even here, there's a problem with queer homeless youth. It's horrible and makes no sense. And if you, and I will say this and, and unilaterally, if you can't handle having a gay child, please don't have children. Um, God but, bless you. But like, I, I, if 
I just want people to feel like that that I know a couple people right now going through a, a little bit of an identity struggle and they're just kind of having their time and like trying to figure themselves out and it's just everybody's like they're, they're so worried about shattering their the image of who they used to be and it's just I can't stress enough if you can it is so much better on the other side and it makes everything easier it makes everything beautiful and like it's the most empowering thing in the world to be able to be yourself but like yeah like if, if I could tell any kids that especially like Little ones who are kind of like wondering why they don't have crushes on girls, like <laughs> me. <laughs> wondering that. why they're feeling certain things when they're playing youth basketball. <laughs> yeah, like why they just felt the burning urge to bleach their tips. Like, <laughs> oh, Joe. Oh, yeah. Been there. Oh, that was a thing. It was a phase. But the point is, <laughs> like, first, first of all, I did that. Second of all, I understand why now. Um, no, but like, it's. I, I've seen people go through this process enough from the other side now that I'm just like, each one of them has become so much happier. It's become, it's made their lives so much easier. It's made them more effective professionally. It's made them happier in their per, interpersonal relationships. I mean, and obviously it puts a strain on some of the familial things and that's horrible. And I just like, I less so to the people who have to come out. If somebody is, 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 telling you this it's probably because they've thought about it a lot right, <laughs> and because right. they they feel like they need to and all anybody in this world wants is to be understood so if somebody comes to you and it seems a little foreign it seems like they might not actually be it seems like they might just be saying it to get a rise out of you or whatever i promise you it's not and you need to take that information at face <laughs> because yeah that anybody who's coming out is looking for acceptance in that identity because I don't know who I would be or where I would be if I didn't have a mom and dad who loved me, if I didn't have a brother who loved me, friends, family. I'm surrounded by people who love me, and it's made everything fantastic. And it's I would I wish that for every single queer person eventually to just be able to exist and not have to worry about people not taking them seriously, getting disowned, getting kicked out of their house, getting beaten. Like, please love these people <laughs> for what they are. It's, it's not hard. I know. I feel you, man. I, I have a note here to ask you about your open relationship, but that just feels completely uh, inappropriate I now. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you a little story. You can tell me via text. Oh, yeah. Thank God. This, I was like, please tell me that's not a, that's on the cutting room. No, I'm no, I'm just no, I'm just kidding. I would never, I would never do that. Um, was, well, so yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think everything that you've said is is so beautiful, and I I think we as a community are very lucky to have somebody like you sort of on uh, on the front lines for us. What what is next for you? I mean, how as, as an athlete um, and just sort of as, as a young person, uh, how, how far in advance do you look? I mean, how, how much do you plan for your future or is that just something you can't even do with the lifestyle that you live? You know, you take it year by year. We're still kind of in a, in a deciding phase. Everybody around us is doing choreography. Um, you know, a huge problem for us last season was funding. And so, that has our situation with that hasn't really changed. So for us, it's really just about whether or not it's realistic to get funding. Um, if we can't, 
we'll probably just see where else our options are. There are a couple professional avenues we're looking at, but like, uh, we would like to like, you know, continue would be lovely, but you know, it's not necessarily reality for us for like, and for us every year, it's always just been, uh, do we still like it? Do we have uh, answers always? Yes. But like, yeah. what, what else is going on? Like for Karina now, because she'll be graduating in May, uh, she's probably going to defer a year from school, but then she has to take the LSAT cause she wants to be a lawyer. She has to figure out where she's going to go to school. Karina just run in circles around all of us. No, she, and no, she's like the, the Nathan Chen of this partnership. Like <laughs> she's oh, just, God. she's, she's no, she was also a full-time student. I know, right? Like, I don't know how she does it. She's like bionic. That's it's amazing. definitely possible. It's just like she's she's burning the candle at both ends. Oh, that one, good she for is her, and handling it so well. But yeah, so basically, uh, I have no idea. <laughs> like you said, it's kind of hard to know. Yeah, well, I mean, there, there's got to be something a little exciting about that, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, it opens us. To, I mean, regardless of what happens, we're both going to land on our feet. We're both happy and healthy, and we have each other and good families that support us like emotionally and <laughs> well, we're going to be fine. You're like, going to be, you're going to be, you're going to be just fine, Joe, no matter what happens. Oh, uh, you too, Daniel. Oh God. Well, listen, I don't know about that, <laughs> but I mean, if we we're can, man- if we can manifest that moving forward, that would be outstanding. Absolutely. Uh, well, Joe, this has been uh, fantastic. I have loved every second of speaking with you. Um, and I, I really do mean that. I mean, you're such a smart eloquent guy and i really you know your sense of humor is is matched only by your 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 wit and your uh your brain and i i I think you know the way that you're able to talk about these things is is really great and you know it's uh i i commend you for for doing everything that you've done and i i know that you will continue to do so so we're very lucky to have you uh, that means a lot. I'm sorry that I was searching for words from my soapbox that whole time. I just, <laughs> I, I, well, did you, I mean, I'm not sure if we could just go back 10 seconds when I said it's matched by your brain is something that I said, um, because <laughs> I couldn't think of anything else. Um, so, uh, yeah, you, uh, you beat me. So you have no, you have nothing to worry about when you're talking to me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for talking to me. It's been oh. wonderful. Oh, it's been great. Thank you, Joe. All right. Thanks, Daniel. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. That is it. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Thank you to Joe. Is he not the best? He's like my new best friend. I'm obsessed with Joe, and I think you are as well. And I feel, like I said, very fortunate about the fact that that he's in this community and that he is so passionate about the things that he's passionate about. He's such a strong force, and it it means a lot. And I I think you can sense that passion in every single thing that he says. So thanks to Joe for the time. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. It really means a lot to me, and I I know it means a lot to Joe. So until next time, thank you so much. Daniel Trainer, same team, signing off. Bye. Thank you.